Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Josh Baker, co-founder of BOA in McLean, Virginia. BOA has been using cost plus pricing for over 20 years, and today he's going to tell us why this is a cornerstone of their company's success. You want answers? Put that coffee down. You talking to me? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. I'm really excited about our episode today, Mark. This is my co-host, Mark Harari. Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm always sitting right across from you, but yet you forget I'm here. <laughs> I know. It's funny. No, I don't forget you're there. I just forget to introduce you, oh, okay. so there's a All difference right. there. So I, guess that's I did get it, just a half step late. Okay. So what do you think about this episode today? I'm very excited. I'm actually intrigued because it seems to go completely against common sense. <laughs> you know, it does a bit, but I tell you, this is a topic that I'm hearing bubbling up over and over and over again. Why do you think that might be? Well, the big buzzwords, transparency these days, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this is totally falling into that. Yeah. And, you know, in addition, I think it's one of those things that as we go through the evolution of life and technology and so on, so many there's so much more information out there for homeowners to get their hands on. So by using this method, you know, maybe it helps make more sales. I don't know. We're going to find out. Here we go. In 1988, Josh founded BOA along with his college friend, Larry Weinberg. As the leader of BOA's sales and marketing team, Josh helped to quickly grow the company's revenues from $250,000 to nearly $40 million in just 20 short years. As chief revenue officer, Josh's focus is on growth and managing an energetic, productive sales team. Recognized nationally as an expert in the industry, Josh is quoted regularly in publications, including the Washington Post, Better Homes and Gardens, and Remodeling Magazine. And he speaks at many industry meetings. So, Josh, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Hi, Victoria. I'm uh, delighted to be here. I'm excited about it. You know, it's kind of interesting. So we've known each other for such a long time. I remember when you were probably doing, back in the days, $3 million, $4 million, that sort of thing. And really, it was not that long after you started, I guess, because it had to have been darn close to 40 years ago, or 20 years ago. Yeah, no, I mean, our company is uh, 30 years old now, and you, okay. well, I've known you for most of, uh, both of our careers, I suppose. Yeah. We've grown together. So thanks a lot for doing this. You know, I when I originally contacted you with the thought of you being a guest, because I knew you'd be awesome in whatever topic, we had a brief discussion about the whole idea of cost plus pricing, and you told me that you've been using it for a very long time. Yeah. So I wanted you to share some of that because it it has been bubbling up and so many people don't understand it. Yeah. Well, I, I think as, as uh, Mark kind of pointed out, it's, it's becoming a little bit more in vogue and people are starting to think about it a little bit. When we started doing it 30 years ago, it was probably even more of a differentiator. Um, but it, it, as you guys know, it's one of those things, you know, pricing and understanding pricing is something that frightens people. And when you're using a open book, um, sort of approach, um, our strategy is that it really demystifies that for folks. So when you're and saying when you're saying for folks, are you saying for the remodelers or for the clients, the homeowners? The, I'm sorry, for, for the clients. Okay. We always know what things cost, but, <laughs> yeah. but they don't. And instead of having everything sort of, you know, behind a curtain, this sort of mystery numbers, we use this approach to sort of demystify it for them, to explain to them uh, exactly where the numbers are and exactly how 
any of their ideas um, affect budget. So it sort of puts us both on the same side of the table. We're both working together to understand the program and what's driving costs. So let's start out, make sure everybody's on the same page. Would you define cost plus pricing? And is that, A, is that exactly what you call it in your company? And B, then define it. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We either say cost plus, or we we actually use the term often time and materials plus. But, you know, I think it means the same thing. And, you know, it's an approach. I'll say now we use it more for, um, we use a cost plus more for our larger jobs, more sophisticated jobs um, versus the smaller jobs we, we tend to do still fixed price. So cost plus is, you know, the way, I, the way we define it is defining costs and the costs are defined in, in, in sort of gap terms, meaning what, what an accountant would determine would be the job cost of the job. And then there's a certain fee that, that we apply to it. And everyone's fee is going to be a little bit different. There's different strategies for that. Um, it's going to certainly depend upon your market. It's going to depend on the size of the job. It's going to depend on the complexity of the job. But we show that to our clients. Do you have, because you've been dealing with it so long, I'm sure you've talked to other people, do you know what a, a decent range would be for that fee? Like anywhere from you know 10 to 30%? I mean, what's the range so it's, that typically? It's, it's a great using? question. And, and the answer is it varies a ton. And a lot of it depends on how, what you determine to be your costs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's critical to understand your business and understand the kind of margins that you need right. to be successful. So it's, it's, you can back into that a number of different ways, but you need to come up with a structure that works in terms of it, it so that the fee makes sense to give you a reasonable margin, which, which we all need to stay in business. So, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen a, 15% difference, maybe 20% okay. times um, variation, but the bottom line may be close to the same because some people um, define costs differently. So one of the th- ways that people define costs differently, from my understanding, is in right. their in-house labor rates, Right. where some people will charge a straight cost, you know, wage plus fully burdened, right. others will add a margin to that in-house labor as well. Well, I I don't mind sharing you our our strategy with that is, and we do the latter. In other words, to us, whether we're doing it, it, we we should be charging a market rate for, let's say, a senior carpenter. Mm -hmm. So if you outsource a senior carpenter, I don't know the the number, um, but just by way of example, let's say in your market, a senior carpenter charges $90 an hour. Mm-hmm. That's the number that should be used in my view, regardless of whether it's in-house or something that you're subcontracting out, because okay. that's the market for that person. Now, that's just one strategy. You could have it be less and say that's a big bonus, but you know, that's actually a discount there, but then your, your, your fee's going to have to be higher because you need to make a fair margin. Right, okay. And that so and when you do what I just described, what you if, you, if you're smart, you'll figure this out, that the amount of particularly in-house labor that you have can drive profitability. Quite a bit, yes. I would think. So yeah. somebody thinking that they're charging the right margin has to really keep that in mind and not compare themselves to a company that's doing it differently because they could really that's mess right. up their margins badly. That's so, right. So how I know you, you started out by talking a little bit about putting yourself and your customers on the same side of the table. 
How yeah. do you present this idea to clients, and what's their reaction, and how do you avoid? This is a three-part question. Yeah, <laughs> the thing that we try to avoid here. Well, I'll stop there. So, you know, how do you present it? What do you see the benefits? And then I'll come back to question three. So, obviously, it's the kind of thing. Obviously, we're quite comfortable with it after after so many years, and we're not apologetic about it. And we we show them our numbers. So. It's whatever we're expecting to pay our plumber, it's that number. Whatever we're expecting to pay out for our appliances, you'll see that. And the question that we often get, that I think you probably asked me if I didn't jump out there, is, you know, well, hold on a second. How are you making your fee on, you know, appliances by way of example? And my, when someone asks me that in the industry, my response is, how are you not? You know, they, it's just a different way of looking at it. But but I think people give away just because they're not used to um, having the right answer and explain to people, look, if I need to make a margin on, on that sub-zero refrigerator because I'm purchasing it, I'm installing it. If something goes wrong, and at least I'm going to be repairing your floor. And, and, you know, it's all part of how we run our business and build our business. And that's all part of our pricing structure. So I, I have very little... Um, once we expl- really explain it and we understand that's the business model and that's how it works, um, we get very little, very little pushback. In fact, people embrace it. They get it. Now, you said earlier that some of the you're, you're selling some of your smaller projects on a fixed price. Right. So why do you do that? Why do you not do everything in the cost plus model? That's a great question. I th- it takes a little bit more time. You have to be a little more accurate. Uh, on a cost plus and on, you know, on a, on a kitchen renovation or a kitchen master bath, a lot of times you, you kind of know the numbers ahead of time, but maybe you haven't had the subcontractors out there. And it's just it's a, a cost plus tends to be more meetings and more education yeah, and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, we, we do both. And sometimes we have some clients just say, look, in my mind, I like cost plus. I don't want any incentive for anyone to be cutting corners. I, I really like the idea of being able to change things and not feel like I'm going to get I will get a change order, but that it's not going to be anything that's going to um, be comfortable with that, that process. So it can work for smaller jobs also. So, Josh, just to clarify, so you still do a, a, a contract up front, right? This isn't an ongoing open-ended deal. Correct. So, so are you, well, so then are you protect, I mean, so if, if things, if there's a huge massive swing in like the commodities market or something, does that, is it something that works in your favor or is the contract the contract? So again, it's in a cost plus, um, scenario, the, the risk of going over budget, uh, lies with the homeowner, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Versus with us. And if, and if it's fixed, so if there were a swing, um, and for whatever reason, or if, quite frankly, if we miss something in the budget and it's just wrong, that overage is going to be charged to the homeowner because they're bearing the risk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, you know, it's as good an estimate as we can get. And um, you know, we tend to be quite accurate. And believe me, it, it need, I'll tell you this, it needs to be accurate. Mm-hmm. If it's not accurate by very much, you're going to have an unhappy client and then you're going to be still dealing with if she's you want to be dealing with. Okay. All right. Great. So, so it's not, it's not permission to 
not spend time getting very, very accurate numbers. You still need to. It's just more of an, an approach to business. Do you find that this is more appropriate or more appreciated by a certain type of clientele or a clientele that is dealing with a specific type or size of project? The more complete, I would say there's a, a, a greater argument to do this sort of kind of contract in a more complex sort of project. So, so the harder it is, the harder, the more moving parts, the more difficult um, is going to be even more appropriate for a cost plus. And, and now you may say, look, you know, Mr. Mrs. Homeowner, there's two ways we can do this project. I can do it at a cost plus. We understand that there's a lot of things that are going to be pretty difficult about this. And I've done my best to estimate it, but I don't really know where it's going to be. I think it's going to be here. We can move forward on that basis if you feel comfortable, and it may be a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. If you want me to be positive, it's not going to be more than this. I'm going to increase that number because I can't. Someone's going to bear the risk, and if, if I'm going to bear the risk, I'm going to charge you more. Mm-hmm. And then the risk is on me. Okay. So that, that's the sort of conversation that you're going to have mm-hmm. based upon the kind of job you have. So very high complexity, high risk may lend itself more to cost plus. And again, that then translates directly to the clientele, I imagine, because the bigger the size, the more complex, the more money, the more money the homeowner had to have in the first place, which means they probably have a high-powered job and are more affluent. I mean, I mean sir, that, that, we're in the luxury um, market that's mm-hmm. generally where we are mm-hmm. but it could be a smaller but very complex job okay I you see. know where there's structure involved and we have temporary supporting the house or there's we're opening things up and that sort of thing so it can just be complex versus you know v- very large okay. um, but our industry is i mean just to be clear we're in this you know we're within metropolitan washington area we're in that sort of luxury market okay all right great so are there we, we know we have to be super accurate at estimating. You know, you've got to be comfortable enough that you understand the cost of the job. What yeah. are some other musts, must-dos to you, make this work? You need work? a pretty sophisticated sales force. How you, do you, you mean? You, you need people who are experts in remodeling, who understand the numbers, who um, can get people comfortable. Because, you know, this is a, a different sort of approach, and they need to be... Do they need to understand what's behind all these numbers so that everyone's on the same page? So I think it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It's for people <laughs> who've been, been, been around a bit. Okay. Okay. So what else? We got the margin. We got accuracy. We got sophisticated salesperson. Let's see here. Um, you know, I, I think you your whole approach has to be um, that you're a client advocate. Um, you know, that, 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 so it's a team approach and and that, that's part of, that's why this doesn't work for everybody. If if there's someone who thinks it it does, if we can't build the right amount of trust, if we don't feel like we're both on the same page, if we don't have a good communication between all the parties, then maybe cost plus isn't right because it's setting you up for a lot of questions later. And obviously in a fixed price, we all know before we start what, what we're going to get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, so part of it is just understanding risk and making sure the clients understand risk. And, you know, if someone, if a project is over budget 10% and they're going to be devastated, it's going to be very difficult. And that's probably, you know, this may not be the right approach for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes less sense. Okay. So flip that around. Yeah. You've been doing it a long time. You've got it 
dialed in. But as you were starting to use it, what did you see some of the pitfalls being? Um, the biggest pitfall is not being a good enough salesperson. Okay. Not being able to demonstrate value and demonstrate that we earn our fees. You know, and, and so because, you know, the fees are out there. However, you, you know, and holy smokes, you're making this amount of money on this project. That seems like a lot. How do, you know how you deal with that and make sure that you're demonstrating value and, and and also making sure that the clients, you know, everyone wants to feel that they're getting, getting very, very good value, that you're shopping subcontractors, that you're getting the best pricing. So you need to not only be able to do that, but communicate that. And so that they trust, it's, it's really based on trust, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you guys typically come in when you, when you're competing against someone else for the same project? Are, are you guys? We're higher. You're higher. Yeah. No, you still sell a bit for the company. Is that correct? Or are you out of that role now? I do. I like to try to be doing one project at a time okay. uh, myself. So, I, I mean, I, I go out with other folks a lot and help train. Um, but particularly people, you have to just, I was just out yesterday. It's a particularly interesting project. Um, it tends to be larger. I like to sort of keep one, keep my hands uh, dirty in one project uh, <laughs> at a time. So why do you think that more remodelers are not using this model? Um, I think, you know, you've probably heard the term, but I call it head trash. <laughs> uh, I, I think a lot of remodelers aren't comfortable communicating the kind of fee that they need to be professional and be successful and, and have profits that make sense for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest. And, you know, they don't want to have that whole conversation. Okay. Um, and it, again, this is more work. It, it, if you're, so it's not right for everybody. If, if you know how much your kitchens cost and you can do a couple line item allowances and tell them it's going to be this much and turn that around quickly, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot less paperwork. It's, it's a lot faster. So this is by no means the right process for everybody. So Josh, uh, I only have one last question for you. Sure. Are you ready for the lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and now here's a remodeler's advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right, here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? My favorite business book is uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And it's we've actually used it in my, my company's so old, we've, we've used it like three different times to educate people. And, you know, building a team is always something that I think we're, we always want to be doing better at. And, and sort of understanding the dynamics of how people work and how people communicate. Um, anyway, so that's my, my favorite book and or certainly one of them. If you weren't the co-founder of BOA, what do you yeah. think you'd be doing? Uh, well, I'm supposed to be a doctor. So I guess <laughs> if, if I didn't do this, I would be uh, practicing medicine, I suppose. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Uh, let's see. My first serve is in, is in tennis. Isn't as good as it should be. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what BOA is not very good at. We're not very good at small jobs. Okay. You know, we're not fluid enough and we're not fast-footed enough to handle smaller projects. Your room, your desk, or your car? Which do you clean first? Uh, my desk. Uh, my desk is generally always clean. 
My room is mostly clean and my car is generally in need of cleaning. <laughs> How many pancakes do you eat in a year? Let's see. I'm going to go with um, 11. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> if there was a movie about your life, who would play you? An old bald guy. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Hey, you know, I was going to ask, would you mind sharing, how many employees do you have right now? I think we, we have uh, just under 80 employees right now. 80. And how many salespeople do you have? Uh, eight. All right. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty big average per salesperson, isn't it? Yeah. Our, yeah. We have, we kind of have all stars and, you know, they, they do focus on bigger projects, but, um, I've, you know, we've got really, really strong salespeople and, and they, they do a good bit of work. If you don't mind sharing, what's your average job size, would you say? Let's see. Um, we're going to do around, it, it depends on what you what you def, define as job, but let, let's just say five to 600 grand. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you so much for doing this. Now, um, you, people can go to your website and look and see BOA and see how you present sure. yourself. BOA.com? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's uh, B-O-W-A, BOA.com. And if they would ever want to email me, I'm Josh, J-O-S-H, at BOA.com. And I'd be delighted to, uh, um, you know, chat with anybody. That's very nice of you. You're going to be besieged. But, okay, so last little bit before we let you go. Would you please share your five words of wisdom with our audience? Sure. My five words of wisdom. I don't know if I can keep down to five. Um, (laughs) All right. This is a couple more. But make sure you charge professional fees for the professional work that you do. Okay, great. A few more than five, but good good nonetheless. Great sentiment. Something that that these remodeling company owners never can hear often enough, right? I think so. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this. It was awesome and very educational. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm honored to have been called, and I hope it was helpful. It certainly was. Bye. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. That was great. You know, yeah. you, one thing you got to like about him is he's just laid back confidence. Yeah, he You is. know, it's just <laughs> kind of like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I try to say that as often as possible. Uh-huh. Maybe something will stick at some point. But um, yeah, no, he's he's fantastic. He's great. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just seems, you know, what's uh, interesting is just the position of being the client advocate. Yeah. More of like it's this isn't a, a competitive situation. We're on your team. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not opposing forces fighting right. each other. Right. in this process and, and embracing that to make mm-hmm. this thing work is kind of cool. And I think one of the things that remodelers who are thinking about this model really have to be careful about is are they using that market rate for their labor, in-house labor, or not? Because that has a huge effect on profitability. So while it's a fantastic concept in theory, you have to plan it out. And like Josh said, you have to be super accurate. Yes, yeah, it, it was really interesting. I, I wish he could have done the five words of wisdom. <laughs> we could institute the fifty words of wisdom yes. for Josh. The yeah. fifty. What's, what are your fifty words of wisdom <laughs> for our listening audience? And in the meantime, we know we're going to have him come back again. Yes, so that's even better. Have him back on here. That yep. was fun. Hey, this was a great episode. Another one in the can. Thanks for being here, everybody. I'm Victoria Downing, and I'm Mark Harari. We'll see you next week. Bye. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. 
Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.